Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. May his grace and his blessing be with us now and unto the age of all ages. Amen. Today we offer ourselves to God in prayer on this first Sunday of the blessed Coptic month of Tunes. And this is the first Sunday of the first month in our new Coptic year of 1734 of the Martyrs. Our Coptic calendar is designated with the words of the Martyrs, or Anno Martyri, because the Christian Church faced an unprecedented amount of persecution between the 3rd and the 4th centuries from the Roman Empire. Tertullian, who was one of the early Christian writers of the church, he wrote that if one took all of the martyrs from around the world on the one hand and all of the martyrs just from Egypt on the other hand, the martyrs of Egypt would easily outweigh all of the martyrs from the rest of the world. Because during this time, many Coptic Christians willingly gave up their lives for the sake of Christ. Some estimate that in these hundred years or so, as much as 800,000 Coptic Christians were martyred on the soil of Egypt. And for this reason, the Coptic Church fixed the beginning of her calendar to the year 284 AD which marks the rise of the Roman Emperor Diocletian, who was one of the most vigorous persecutors of the Christian Church. This year, 284 AD, marks the beginning of the ruthless persecution against our Church, and this is why our Church made this year the basis for our Coptic calendar. And all of this sheds light on the Gospel readings we heard last night and this morning, in which we heard our Lord Jesus Christ praising St. John the Baptist and saying, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. You see, last week the Church did not only celebrate the New Year, just one day after the New Year, the Church celebrated the Feast of the Martyrdom of the Holy Forerunner, St. John the Baptist. And it's really beautiful how the Church arranged the timing of all of this. On 2-1, we celebrate the Coptic New Year and we commemorate all of the martyrs of the Church. And on 2-2, we celebrate the martyrdom of St. John the Baptist. And the idea here is that just as St. John appeared at the beginning of the Gospel to prepare the world to receive Christ, the Church has placed his feast at the beginning of the new year in order to help us, to help prepare us to receive Christ throughout this coming year. And as we begin this new year, what can we learn? from St. John the Baptist. And one lesson that comes to mind relates to preparing the way for Christ in this world. The Holy Church bestows the title, the Holy Forerunner on St. John the Baptist because he was the forerunner who prepared the way for our Lord Jesus Christ as was prophesied by the Holy Prophet Isaiah hundreds of years earlier when he said, 
the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight the paths of our God. Not only did the Holy Prophet Isaiah prophesy concerning St. John being the forerunner and preparing the world for Christ, but we also find a type or a symbol of St. John's ministry in Genesis chapter 24, where we read about the marriage between Isaac and Rebekah. As you remember, when the holy patriarch Abraham was old and advanced in years, and he was living in the land of Canaan, he told his servant, his servant is not named, but he told his servant to go back to his homeland in Nahor in order to find a wife for his son Isaac. And ultimately, Abraham's servant was guided by God until he found Rebekah, and he brought her back to Canaan after giving her many precious gifts and preparing her to meet Isaac. And the story ends with these words from Genesis chapter 24, verse 67. And Isaac went into the house of his mother and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. That's how the story ends. Now, when we read the story with spiritual eyes, we will see that Abraham is a type or a symbol of God the Father, while Isaac, his son, of course, is a type of Christ. And just as Isaac was seeking a wife to marry and to love for the rest of his life, our Lord Jesus Christ is the groom who sought after his bride, the church. And the servant of Abraham, therefore, in this story, is a symbol of St. John the Baptist, who came to prepare the bride, the church, in order to be wed to the bridegroom, Christ. Ultimately, as the Holy Apostle Paul reminds us in the Epistle to the Ephesians, and as we will pray in the Divine Liturgy, Christ acquired his bride, the church, with his precious blood, which he, set, he shed on the cross. But how was all of that accomplished? It was accomplished first by the ministry of St. John the Baptist, who came and prepared the church to receive Christ, just as Abraham's servant went ahead to Nahor in order to find and prepare Isaac's bride and bring her back to him. And this is undoubtedly why St. John the Baptist is called in the Gospel the friend of the bridegroom. He's called the friend of the bridegroom. He so powerfully loved our Lord Jesus Christ that he sacrificed everything to be a servant to the love of Christ and prepare the church for the coming of Christ. And going back to the story of Isaac and Rebekah, we notice how in Genesis 24 that Abraham's servant suddenly disappears after Isaac and Rebekah are married. Abraham's servant is last seen in the story giving Rebekah these precious gifts and preparing her for the wedding. But after that, Abraham's servant disappears 
We don't hear about him anymore in Genesis 24, which is very strange because Abraham's servant was the main character of Genesis 24 for 67 verses. He's the main character of that chapter. But once he brings Rebekah back to Isaac and they are joyfully married, Abraham's servant drops out of the story and we don't hear anything else about him. And in the same way, St. John the Baptist, once he prepares the way for Christ, and once he baptizes Christ in the Jordan River, after that we really don't hear much about him in the Gospel until the story of his martyrdom, until he is beheaded by Herod on Herod's birthday. And in the same way that Abraham's servant prepared Rebekah and gave her precious gifts and then disappeared, St. John the Baptist prepared the church by giving the church the precious gifts of repentance and baptism. He gave her those precious gifts and then he disappeared from the story. And this is why he said afterwards to the people, I must decrease and eventually become nothing so that Christ, the Messiah, will increase. And so we see the ministry of St. John the Baptist as the forerunner of Christ anticipated in the Old Testament, not only by the prophecy of the holy prophet Isaiah, but also in Genesis 24 in this beautiful story of Abraham's servant and Isaac and Rebekah and their marriage. To be a forerunner of God is one of the greatest honors and blessings a person can receive. When God wanted to deliver his people, the Jews, the Hebrews, out of the land of Egypt, he sent his holy prophet Moses. When God wanted to speak messages to the Jews in Jerusalem throughout the Old Testament, he sent them his holy prophets. When God wanted to ask the Holy Virgin Mary whether she would accept to bear him in her womb for nine months so that he could become incarnate and take flesh from her, he sent her the holy archangel Gabriel. When God wanted to announce the birth of or the nativity of Christ in Bethlehem, he sent the Magi, the wise men of the East. And when God wanted to prepare his people and his church to receive him, he sent St. John the Baptist to baptize and to preach repentance in the dry wilderness so that the dryness of our sinful lives my end. And in the same way, God is sending us before his face. I'm sure all of us have grown accustomed to the idea that we can call upon God to help us in our tribulations and our afflictions and our needs. But have we ever considered and thought about the fact that there are times in our lives in which God in his love and his humility will actually turn to us for help? Of course, it's not that God ever needs our help. He never needs our worship. He never needs our service. God is perfect and God needs absolutely none of those things. 
But think about a loving father who wants to teach his children how to be like him. Think about our Lord Jesus Christ in the story of the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 in the desert and how he invited the holy apostles to help him perform the miracle. He told them, divide the people in groups of 50. And then after he blessed and gave thanks and broke the bread and the fish, he gave them to the disciples and then the disciples gave them to the people. So he invited the disciples to help him in performing this great miracle. And in the same way, God invites all of us here this morning to be co-laborers in his vineyard. And to that end, he has sent us into this world as his forerunners, as his ambassadors, so to speak. This is true, dear brothers and sisters. It happens all of the time, but sometimes we scarcely notice it. The Lord continually asks us to live the Christian life in which we are his ambassadors, in which we are his light in this world, this world which he loved to the point of death on the cross. Every day, every morning, God turns to each and every one of us to be his ambassadors, to be his presence in the world, to preach the good news through our actions and our words, and to bring everyone around us to Christ. It reminds me of a story that I heard about the saintly father, Abuna Bishoy Kamil, when he was serving here in California. Abuna Bishoy Kamil, like many other priests, like myself, he would oftentimes try to plan his day and say, today I'm going to visit so-and-so, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And he tried that for a while, but after a while he realized that God wanted to use him in a different way. And so what he began to do was this. He began to pray every morning, Lord, this is what I intend to do this morning and what I intend to do this afternoon and throughout the day. But Lord, please use me. And if you see a need for me anywhere else, I am open to your will. And afterwards, when he would start to go to his first planned visit, he would hear about another family next door. So he would go visit that family. And then on the way to the next visit, he would visit someone at work. And there he would be redirected to someone else. Things kept coming up so that he was serving according to the will of God for him that day. This is what God wants of each and every one of us. He wants us to stand before him every morning and to say, as the holy prophets, as Samuel said, as Jeremiah said, to say to him, Lord, here I am. Here I am. I am here to be your presence and your light in this world. Use me as you see fit. And in this way, God is calling us to be his forerunners in the world. God is calling us to prepare this world for the second coming, that everyone might know him and be prepared for that fearful day of judgment. May God grant each and every one of us to be forerunners of God in this life so that we may receive the great honor that St. John the Baptist received today. What honor did St. John the Baptist receive in today's gospel? He received the honor of being praised by Christ. Can you imagine? Once you're praised by Christ, 
you don't need anything else. Christ himself said, among those born of women, none is greater than St. John the Baptist. He was praised by Christ, and we too, let us live our lives so that when we meet Christ, he can look at us with tender and compassionate eyes, and he can praise us and commend us, saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will make you ruler over many. Enter into the joy of your master. To our Lord be all glory, to the All-Holy Father, to the All-Holy Son, and to the All-Holy Spirit, now and forever, and unto the age of all ages. Amen.